Welcome to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. My name's Tammy Simon. I'm the founder of Sounds True, and I'd love to take a moment to introduce you to the new Sounds True Foundation. The Sounds True Foundation is dedicated to creating a wiser and kinder world by making transformational education widely available. We want everyone to have access to transformational tools such as mindfulness, emotional awareness, and self-compassion, regardless of financial, social, or physical challenges. The Sounds True Foundation is a nonprofit dedicated to providing these transformational tools to communities in need, including at-risk youth, prisoners, veterans, and those in developing countries. If you'd like to learn more or feel inspired to become a supporter, please visit SoundsTrueFoundation.org. You're listening to Insights at the Edge. Today, my guest is Heidi Smith. Heidi is a psychosomatic therapist, flower essence practitioner, and registered herbalist. With Sounds True, Heidi has written a beautiful new book called The Bloom Book, A Flower Essence Guide cosmic balance. The Bloom Book offers a comprehensive guide for working with flower essences in order to bring about healing, transformation, and even to help us in the process of awakening, both at a personal level and a collective level. In this conversation with Heidi Smith, I felt surprised, as I did when I read The Bloom Book, about how flowers can make themselves known to us if we're open to it. So I suggest, with a lot of openness, listen to Heidi Smith talk about flower essences and her new book, The Bloom Book. Heidi, you write in The Bloom Book that you were given an assignment by the universe to bring people to the flowers. That's a big assignment, interesting assignment. I think with the Bloom book, you're doing it. How did you receive that assignment? What happened? Yeah, so I'm more of a wait for the invitation kind of person. And this opportunity kind of came out of the blue to write a book about flower essences. And it's not something that I had ever considered at the well maybe I had considered it but I uh, definitely hadn't started um, the process so after that initial invitation um, I sat down and I said okay well I'm just going to write a, a book proposal and see what comes out when I set the intention to write a book about flower essences and balance um, and something really wonderful came from that. And then I wrote a book and I, I was just holding the intention to kind of be the conduit for that process. And uh, it definitely surprised even me. So uh, that is the assignment. And um, the book uh, what has come through is the the result of that. Introduce the flowers to people who maybe have a surface 
level understanding. Like, of course I love flowers. They're beautiful. They perk me up. End of story. I know that you understand flowers and appreciate them in a very multidimensional way. Share that orientation with people. Sure. So I think that flowers capture our attention. Uh, like you said, they are, they are very multidimensional and we can use all of our six senses to connect with flowers. They look beautiful. Uh, some of them have beautiful scents. Uh, some of them are very tactile. Uh, and if we are open uh, to understanding them and connecting with them intuitively, we're able to uh, connect on even deeper spiritual levels with the flowers. And so I think that they draw us in on many levels. And it's deeper than just working with, um, like, plant medicine in terms of herbal tinctures. They are... Um, they can be applied on, on such deeper levels than that. And uh, they're really calling us to, to connect with them and um, be in a deeper relationship with them at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, what I got from reading the Bloom book, and, you know, you really poured yourself into the writing of that, is this sense that flowers and flower essences have the potential to play a special role right now in evolution. And I thought that's interesting that almost like the flowers are here on an assignment themselves. And that's what I'd really love you to get at right at the beginning of our conversation here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for um, articulating that. I, I totally agree. I do feel that the flowers are, are here in assignment for us and, uh, we are working reflexively with them. Um, it's very mutually beneficial. Um, but flower essences are a type of plant and vibrational medicine. So you can apply them as you would a regular herbal tincture, but they really shine as helpers in uh, assisting us in shifting our consciousness. So understanding what are the beliefs and attachments or situations underneath symptomology or uh, life situations that could be presenting themselves to us. So they really invite this deeper understanding of healing and reality. Does that make sense? (laughs) It does. Tell me how you were first introduced the flower remedies and had the sense, oh, there's something really here, something important. Sure. So my brother passed away in 2007. And I, obviously, that's a very shattering experience. And I started working with a man around that time. His name is David Grood. And he is an intuitive And he recommended Mimulus, which is one of the Bach remedies. And that is for fear. Um, And so I didn't really know what our essences were at that time, uh, but I was like, sure, I'll take it. Whatever, 
whatever is going to help me right now, I'm up for it. And so I, I did, I started taking it. And in that time, I was really immobilized by fear, like, I can't get out of the bed kind of anxiety. Um, and I started taking the mimulus and slowly I was able to put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving forward. It made me feel like even though things felt like they were falling apart and so scary that I could still keep moving in a forward, in a forward direction. And so yeah, Mimulus was really my uh, first flower essence experience, and I keep Mimulus with me always, and I, I rely on it to, to in my work with other people a lot as well. Now, you know, just to ask, I think, a question that may be on people's minds, how do you know that it was the flower remedy that created this shift in you and that there wasn't some type of placebo effect at work? Right. So first of all, I want to preface this response by offering that the placebo effect is a a valid uh, response because if you think about things in terms of um, beliefs impacting outcomes, then the placebo effect actually plays a really powerful role in how we heal. Um, and B, uh, I think it can all it can be both, right? So um, in my case, in this case with the mimulus, I I wasn't actually sure. I was pretty skeptical at that point in my life, actually. Um, but it didn't really matter if I believed in it or not. Uh, because it did help me. Um, and then also when you're working with flower essences, you might be doing other things in tandem, like you might be doing breath work. You might even be taking an antidepressant. And it, it is, it can be challenging to know what is helping. But again, I think that if we are open to thinking about working with flower essences and the plants, in terms of being in a relationship with them, then we have access to a deeper multidimensionality of ourselves and a deeper understanding um, of the full spectrum of uh, the living essence of these flowers that we can connect with when we set that intention. And can you explain to our listeners how you think flower remedies work, the mechanism by which they work. You mentioned herbal medicine, and you also mentioned vibrational medicine as, as two different ways of looking at how flower remedies impact us. Can you explain that a bit more? Sure. So this is one of the, I think this is kind of a tricky question to, to answer. And um, I know that it took me quite a while to write this in a way that felt uh, like it made sense. And the way that I've contextualized them in the book is that they are both a plant medicine and a vibrational medicine. And more of us, I think, are familiar with what plant medicine is in terms of, you know, an essential oil or an herbal tincture or a tea. And it has more of a, a measured effect because 
most of us in the West are very steeped in Western medicine, right? So you take a pill and you have this very uh, measured response to that. And I think that we can assume that all medicine works that way, um, but it does not. Um, so that's why I contextualize flower essences as both herbal and vibrational medicine. And when we're talking about vibrational medicine, we're talking about um, tools, well, we're talking about substances that are creating a resonance uh, similar to homeopathy, if you're fam familiar with how homeopathy works. And when we're working with the living uh, essence or spirit of a plant, in this case, a flower essence, um, then we are working in concert with all of the healing properties of this particular plant. And um, so they're working on really subtle energetic levels. They're not, they are working on physical levels, but they're also working very subtly. And that doesn't mean that they are, aren't powerful. Uh, it just requires you to understand um, a slightly different orientation around healing. Um, so like subtle energy is the, uh, is the energy that uh, surrounds us. And it's also the energy that um, connects to our chakras. Um, like an acupuncturist would work with the, the chi of the body with, you know, acupuncture needles. Um, the subtle energy is that chi. So when you are working with a flower essence, it is working on those levels. And then also we want to think about uh, the extracellular matrix of the body. And this is also kind of a different idea around healing and, and medicine. So like Western medicine is very focused on cellular metabolism and what's going on in the cells. And um, with, when you're talking, when you're dealing with the extra extracellular matrix, then you're interested in what is what is actually communicating between those cells? What's the space between uh, the cells? And what is, uh, you know, the it's made up of cell salts, it's made up of fluids, it's made up of um, these very subtle structures. And uh, that's also how the flower essences are connecting us with them. Now, you write in the Bloom book that flower essences work whether or not you believe they'll be effective. However, their potency will be enhanced if you trust in their efficacy. Why is it enhanced if I trust in the efficacy of the flower remedy? Sure. So... I write that they're going to work whether you believe in them or not, because resonance is resonance. Um, however, if you believe that something is going to have a particular outcome or be helpful for you, then a part of you is more invested in creating that change for yourself. And that is why I talk about intention so much in the book, because 
when we set an intention, for instance, to heal, that means that we are declaring to ourselves, including our subconscious selves, which in a lot of ways uh, create some of the experiences that we have beyond our conscious mind. When we set an intention, we're declaring, I am committed to healing. And if you take a flower essence in alignment with that intention, the outcomes are much stronger. They're much different than if you are just taking something like a pill and, you know, like an Advil or something and thinking that, it's just going to automatically work or, you know, maybe you have a lot of, um, maybe you feel really skeptical about why this would be effective. Um, and that's okay. However, I'm interested in helping people understand the relationship between what you're believing, why that has an impact on your um, how you're feeling, and also the intentions that you can bring to working with this medicine. You know, Heidi, reading the Bloom book, I felt like you accomplished a lot of different things, but one of them was that you opened up me, and I'll generalize, open up the reader to having an actual living relationship with flowers, perhaps the flowers that are in their neighborhood or maybe a flowering plant in their house. And what I'm curious about to know is right now, when you tune in to your relationship with flowers, what's that like for you? Mm, Well, I'm so glad to hear that this book um, has created an opening for you. That's really awesome to hear. Um, And in terms of my so you're asking, what, like, what is my relationship with flowers in general right now? Yeah. Like when I ask you that question, what comes up for you? Like if I said, what's your relationship with XYZ person, you could tell me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think my relationship with flowers is is really always deepening. There's no end to this exploration. They're always revealing more and more for me. Um Right now, I'm in a beautiful little town in Vermont, and everything is in full bloom. And I'm meeting flowers that I've known and new flowers for the first time. Um, And there's this little tiny flower called a starflower blooming right now. And it's it's actually on the at-risk list, but it, it grows abundantly here. And it has seven petals, which is a little unusual. Um, And it grows um, right at the edge of uh, this beautiful forest. And I've made flower essences with this this flower before, but I, I feel called to make another one this summer because I feel like every time you make a medicine with a flower that perhaps you already have a relationship with, um, it's its healing properties, its signature is going to be different based on like the, the factors that you're bringing to it, the, the energy and the intention. And so 
I'm really looking forward to to seeing how this summer's dark flower essence is going to compare to last summer's um, because there's there's still so much to learn from them. Even though um, I've been doing this work for many years now, they have they have so much to teach us. And what do you mean, Heidi, by the signature of a flower? Sure. So in herbalism, we learn how plants help us by understanding their physical and also energetic signatures. So I I do discuss this in the book a little bit um, because it's helpful for us to understand what are the signatures of a particular plant so that we know how it might be wanting to, to work with us and help us. So for instance, uh, if you take lavender, for example, um, lavender has a, a similar expression as an herb, as it does as a flower essence. It's a nervine and it's going to help you relax. And if you look at the how uh, lavender grows in nature, you can see that it's, it's, it's purple um, and the, some of its structures even resemble the, the nervous system, nerves. And so we can see that gesture, we can see that signature, how it is adapted in its environment to thrive and we can see the relationship to human anatomy. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It gives me a sense. Now, I want to, Heidi, address that listener right now who's saying, okay, I get it that Tammy got really excited about relating to flowers, (laughs) reading this book. That's great. And I'm hearing about Uh flowers here, and I'm kind of open-minded about flower essences. But I don't really have a personal, intuitive, deep relationship with flowers in any way that I can point to in my life. I I really don't. What would you suggest? Mm -hmm. Where does somebody like that start who's open and interested and wants to sort of open up that interfloral connection, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, totally. Uh, I think that that is so valid. And um especially for many of us who are living in urban areas. And so we just don't have the opportunity to interact with, with nature that much. And that, you know, you don't have to start out making your own medicine. You can easily start out by working with other practitioners. You could make an appointment with a flower essence practitioner like me or you could go to the resource section in the book, and I've listed all of the flower essence producers that I work with, and they have their own repertory. So they have, these are people that have been doing this work for decades. They're very dedicated to this craft, and they have their own extensive collections of flower essences that they've made to help you in uh, whatever ways that you might have a need. So say that you actually want to work with a flower essence that could improve your intuition. Um, there There are plenty of flowers for that or just to become a little more sensitive because that is 
definitely what that is one thing that can definitely happen when you're working with flower essences is that you will become more sensitive to what you're feeling, what other people are feeling, more sensitive and empathic to the natural world. So that is what I would recommend uh, as an access point for those kinds of folks. Now, I can imagine people saying a flower essence practitioner, like, okay, you know, I get it, massage therapist, whatever. Now I'm going to the flower essence practitioner. Tell people how you work with clients who come to you. What's the process? And maybe this will give people a grounded example of what happens between a client and a flower essence practitioner. Sure. So I don't work exclusively as a flower essence practitioner. So just to clarify, I'm also a a psychosomatic therapist and a registered herbalist. So I combine my approaches into one practice. Um, So the way that I work is I will uh, schedule an intake with someone and we'll meet for 90 minutes. And it's structured very much like traditional psychotherapy. I ask them a lot of questions and um, the level at which I work, I'm very interested in understanding the whole person and a person's whole history. So I might ask you questions that differ from a traditional medical intake. I want to know if you have any recurring dreams that feel significant to you. I want to understand if you have had any supernatural experiences that that uh, feel worth mentioning. Um, I want to understand not only your your physical health, but your your emotional health and uh, what do you believe. Um, so things of that na- nature, and that's going to help me create a picture of um, how I can assist you. And then um, I like to work really collaboratively with people. So together we'll come up with a few uh, intentions to be working through together uh, because I I believe really deeply in helping people help themselves. So it's great if I, I can give you a bunch of recommendations and different flower essences to try, but um, it's going to be much more powerful if we can work collaboratively to help you come to more uh, understanding, more awareness, more knowing of the kind of support you need so that I can respond to that. So um, it's a much more active process in terms of working with the flower essences, and um, they can they are so multi useful because you know say someone's coming in for insomnia um, and when we get into understanding, which is a very complex issue to be addressing um, sometimes and we start getting into the insomnia and there's there's a lot of anxiety there and perhaps there's a traumatic event connected to falling asleep and um so and then we get into more of a history and then like the environment and how that's playing a role so there's all these different factors and flower essences can really work on all those different levels they can work um, supporting, helping 
helping you feel more relaxed. They can assist you in understanding some of the more subconscious uh, factors that might be contributing to you having a hard time sleeping. Um, they can assist in creating a, a more relaxing environment, uh, you know, if, you, if you're using them in a mist form, for instance. And then they can assist you in uh, having breakthroughs around, okay, well, why, why do I need more sleep? Or, um, oh, it turns out that, like, if I'm sleeping a lot, I feel lazy, so I have this aversion to sleeping. So it can, it can go in all these different directions. How do the flower essences help people have insights or breakthroughs outside of changing the sort of physiological mechanisms? I get, you know, flower essences helps me relax more so I get a better night's sleep. But how does it facilitate insight? Yeah, so um, I think that, that it's best understood how that happens by going back to looking at this relationship with the plants as their own sovereign spirits, as their own, they have their own consciousness. And so when you're working with a, a living being, a living essence, then you have the opportunity to connect with a wide range of wisdom and information outside of uh, taking like an inert substance. Um, it's kind of psychedelic if you think about it. Um, and it is something that really can only be explained uh, on these subtler spiritual levels. And I, I admit, I was very skeptical uh, about this in the beginning. Um, and after having countless experiences personally, and then uh, during my various trainings, studying flower essences and, and herbs, and then working with clients, I absolutely do not question it anymore. I, the, the relationship between uh, working with plants and waking up is irrefutable to me. You know, I'm so interested in that specifically and would like to hear more about that. In one place in the book, you write, flower essences play a special role in expanding heart consciousness. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. What's going on in this species that has its own consciousness and role to play in our lives and in the evolution, really, as you write about it, of the planet? Help us understand that. Yeah, I, I really, I, I, um, center a lot of heart work in my practice. I'm very interested in the role that the heart plays in our healing and evolution. And the way that I understand flower essences to work in that way is by understanding coherence. And so, and this is the work that has been done by uh, people like at the Heart Math Institute. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, yeah. So they're an awesome organization that's done so much research around uh, the relationship uh, between the heart and the brain and the, the electromagnetics of the, the heart. Um, and when we are in a coherent state, we are, in a, we are more in alignment. We are more in balance. 
And coherent states are higher vibratory states like love, joy, peace, compassion. And when you work with a flower essence, something just shifts. It can. It can shift immediately and you are adjusting your frequency. You are attuning your frequency into more of a coherent state. And I think we are at a really exciting time in uh, in terms of medicine, how the, the role that medicine is playing in this and trends and alternative health. And we are learning more and more about this role that uh, heart coherence has in our healing. And um, so I think the more that we learn about the heart, it's going to be easier for us to understand. Um, But for right now, um, yeah, the way that I explain it to people is that you are, the, the plants are helping you also like build a relationship with your own heart and your heart's field and the coherence there. Now, Heidi, one of the most, I thought, pioneering parts of your work with flower remedies and your writing in the Bloom book is how you frame what you do with flower essences and your work as a healer in what you call a healing justice framework. And I would love for you to introduce that framework to our Insights at the Edge listeners. Sure. So, um, the healing justice movement also sometimes uh, associated with social justice and transformative justice uh, is part of a movement around creating more socio-cultural and ecological awareness in healing. And um, this is a very uh, timely issue right now. Right now we have um, a lot of people, a lot of people of color, a lot of black indigenous people of color who are demanding uh, more justice in our world. And so I wanted to speak to these movements, which I certainly didn't start these movements. um, And I'm also not an expert in these movements, but I I am an advocate. And I I do really seek to contextualize flower essences in a way so that we can work with it more optimally within a a healing justice framework. So tell me more what that means. How has your knowledge of the healing justice movement changed how you work as a practitioner, how you articulate the purpose of your work? Sure. So I think that, um, you know, when I moved, I moved to Northampton, Massachusetts in 2010 uh, to go to graduate school. Uh, I have, I'm trained as a mental health counselor. And uh, that was the first time that I heard the word social justice in a way that, um, I mean, maybe I'd heard it before, but I heard it in a way at that time in my life that made me stop and recognize that I I really need to educate myself about this and understand what this means for the world and what it means for me. And so luckily I had the opportunity 
to uh, study social and racial justice in school and begin um, reading on these topics and educating myself. And it was something that was um, just starting uh, to come into practice in the community that I was part of. Um, and then going back to school to study herbalism. Um, this was around like 2014. Um, there were different groups uh, that I was coming into contact with and they had their own um, mission statements around healing justice and uh, assisting the uh, people people of color that really are, are oftentimes left out of alternative healing spaces. Um, and then and also uh, being part of the, the ecological movement towards um, understanding the roles that colonization and appropriation uh, play in herbalism because this is rampant in the herbalism world. So it was, there's just a lot of reckoning that needs to happen continually within the alternative uh, healing spaces as well as uh, the herbalism world. And so this is really ongoing work. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much committed to generating awareness and elevating the voices and work of people of color who are doing also doing this work, especially in healing and herbalism. One of the things you write about is understanding the history of herbalism and flower essences with a social justice framework in mind. What about the history do we need to understand and appreciate differently than perhaps many of us were taught in school? Yeah, I think that we need to be rethinking a lot of our history uh, because it was written by and for white men. Um, and this includes the history of herbalism and to a certain extent flower essences as well, because um, white people have a lot of privilege and we have, we also have a, a history of colonization and appropriation and stealing people practices uh, medicine plants. So we need to be aware of that and we need to be aware of how that's factoring into our work now. Um, and we need to make things a more level playing field. So for instance, that's why I included a section in the book on um, women healers throughout history, because it's not something that we really get to to see that often. It's not even um, part of a lot of our history books, and even less so women of color. So I I wanted to highlight that in the book so that people can get a sense of a more comprehensive and uh, diverse account of our uh, history with medicine. So that's that's kind of that's most of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the other things that I thought was just so interesting about the way you approach working with flower essences that I've never heard before anywhere is that 
we can work with flower essences, not just individually, but we can also make a remedy for a collective challenge we might be facing. And I really wanted to hear you talk about this. Of course, we're facing so many collective challenges right now. How could people work with flower essences to help address a challenge at the group level like that, at our social level? Yeah, yeah, we are experiencing more and more uh, collective invitations for healing, right? So this is a, a wonderful application of flower essences. And also when we think about the energies that go into healing, and I, I think I, I mentioned this in the book, this theory of um, dissipative structures where if you and I are praying together, that's creating, it's not one plus one equals two, it's actually one plus one equals infinity. And so that really blows my mind. And I love to think about that in terms of working um, with a group when you're, or, or more than one person when you're making a flower essence, because uh, whatever intention that you're holding for that medicine, you are combining your your energy together to create something uh, that's bigger than just you both. It's very powerful. And this is a really wonderful opportunity to be working in this way right now. Um, so you could create a flower medicine um, perhaps you work with more than one uh, flower at the same time. And a way that I like to do it is um, to create a particular prayer around the group that I'm praying for, um, or I've done it for uh, areas of land as well. And um, I will make the medicine as I normally do for an individual, uh, but I will have this specific prayer for it and then I will just offer a few drops in a body of water or if you don't have access to a body of water you can just go outside and like pour or drop a few drops onto the earth say the prayer and that's your offering now let's say somebody wants to experiment and try making a flower essence for the very first time. How would they go about mm -hmm. it? And how would they tune into the signature of the flower to know its effects? I mean, obviously they could look it up, but would that necessarily be accurate? How could they involve their own intuitive knowing in the process? Yeah, so I lay out very detailed, simple instructions in the book. So it would be easy to easier to do if you had um, the instructions to work off. Um, and I also created a video on this. Um, so I think it's going to be on the Sounds True website or it might be on my website um, because it is kind of experiential. Um, but you would need just a few tools. You would need um, a clear glass bowl, uh, no etching on it. It doesn't need to be a large bowl. Uh, you would need a little bit of a preservative. So you could work with brandy, but if you don't want to work with alcohol, you can work with um, apple cider vinegar or glycerin. And 
Uh, I also like to work with a wildflower guide so that you know you're working with what you, you want to know what plant you're working with. And you also want to make sure that it's not on any endangered uh, species links um, lists. And you also want to make sure that it's not a poisonous plant, ideally. Um, and then you would need a couple of like... Sounds ideal not to be a poisonous plant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't work with poisonous plants, although you totally can. I just need to explain that in a little more detail. Um, but for the purpose of working with a non-poisonous plant, yeah, you, um, you would ask permission to connect with the plant. And I, I think it's a lot easier to connect with the, the energy and the signatures of the plant when you are grounded and relaxed. So I always like to do a little prayer and meditation before I make medicine. Um, and this will just help you open up to the other realms and other information that might want to come through you. And then you would carefully pick the, the flowers that you want to work with and put them in a bowl of water. You want to be working with spring water if possible. And then you let that uh, bowl of flowers sit in the sun for a couple of hours. And in this time, the energy of the flowers are being uh, extracted into the water energetically. This is the classical Bach method. Dr. Bach was the founder of flower essence therapy. Um, he also had a boiling method, but I prefer this sun method. It's very simple. And then after the, the two or three hours that the water has been in the sun with the flowers, you gently take the flowers out, give them back to the earth, and you pour that water into a small amber bottle that has a bit of preservative in it. And then you work from that remedy. That is your medicine. And have you found, Heidi, that certain flower remedies are just like, you know, that's the go-to one. That works. It works for so many people so much of the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Kind of like if you go to your seasoning <laughs> shelf, everybody kind of likes salt, at least a little. Is there a remedy that's like that? Like a universal remedy? Yeah. Like, God, this just seems, everybody seems to feel it. It works for everybody. This is a great place to start if you just want to start feeling how flower remedies impact you? Yes. So I usually make, when I work with a new client, I usually make a, a particular formula for them if they haven't worked with flower essences before, because I feel like it is a nice entry into that world. And it's two Bach essences and uh, one other essence called Angelica. Um, so Angelica I use quite often and it is for connecting with your angels and connecting with the angelic realm and it helps you feel safe and protected and that's really important in healing work. And then the two Bach essences that I like to introduce people to first are Serato and that assists you in trusting your experience, trusting any new stimuli that you might be experiencing or any kind of emotional feedback information that uh, might be arising as a result of working with flower essences. 
And then also rock water. Um, and rock water is uh, technically a gem elixir. It was made um, at a particular location in England. Um, and it doesn't contain any flowers. It's the, the emphasis is on the actual stone. And uh, that is indicated for being flexible and being open to this work and uh, being receptive to different modes of healing. So that's where I would start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you call your practice moon and bloom, which I, I quite like. What's the relationship between flower essences and the moon? Yeah, well, for me, uh, the moon is a really important symbol, and I talk about it quite a bit in the book. And I associate it with a lot of the feminine. Um, The moon is certainly not gendered, uh, but I do believe in understanding masculine and feminine energy. That is uh, a dynamic found in nature. And so the moon is a very feminine symbol for me. And um, I'm also very interested in balance. And one of the ways that I think we have come out of balance is because the feminine has been denigrated for thousands of years. And all those aspects of the moon consciousness of the feminine, you know, receptivity, creativity, intuition, connectivity, Um, there is a a balancing happening right now. Those aspects are being, uh, they are coming into exaltation. And so uh, that is the significance of the moon for me. And uh, it connects with the flowers in this very dynamic way because it is, it is part of how that awakening and rebalancing is happening. And so that is how Moon and Bloom is connected. Now, it's pretty clear to me why honoring the moon helps us come into more balance in our culture, which seems very solar oriented, very light of day. And, you know, we're not as interested in uh, what lives in general in darkness and the shadows. How do flowers? help us come more into, you call it cosmic balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cosmic balance. And a a lot of us working with plants feel, especially the flowers, feel like the the flowers hold this resonance of the stars inside of them. And they are... um, they are part of this cosmic order of as above, so below. And when we work with plant medicine, when we work with flower essences, we are uh, gaining the ability to, like we've discussed, come into greater coherence, um, come into greater connection with nature. And this alignment uh, allows for this, balance just to happen very naturally. It's very reflexive. And it's not happening just on in one direction. It's, it's happening in both directions. So because you're working with the spirit of the plant, you're working with living essences. And so when you're working with them, they're wor- working with you. 
it's going back and forth. It's like if you're making plant medicine with integrity and you're making it as an offering to yourself, there's no separation between how you're healing your field and how you're healing others and the earth's field. It's all very reflexive because everything is interconnected. Everything is unified in, in a field. So that is how I understand this alignment, this cosmic balance to be coming in to reality. Mm-hmm. Now, Heidi, I'm going to go out a little bit on a limb here, and I hope my Insights at the Edge listeners still love me after this. Anyway, time to be bold, which is when I hear you say something, like those of us who have been working with flowers for a while realize that flowers hold the resonance of the stars in them. What I noticed when mm-hmm. you said that sentence was that I lit up on the inside. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's it. They hold the resonance of the stars. <laughs> and then I was like, no, Tammy, you're losing it. You're losing it. Get, come back. Oh, come back. No. But anyway, so uh, I'd love to understand that more. How it, flowers hold the resonance of the stars? It doesn't feel just like poetry. It feels like that's something that's really going on. And I don't take drugs. I, I mean, I, I'm, you know. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm with you. And I think what you're describing in terms of how you're even responding to what I'm saying is that the body has this awareness, this opening, this expansion, and then the rational mind comes in and kind of shuts that down. And that is the way flower essences work on that expansive, nonlinear uh not necessarily logical level. And in terms of the connection to the stars, um, this is something that uh, I've learned under my teacher, David Dalton. Um, he's one of my flower essence teachers. He actually wrote a book called Stars of the Meadow. And um, my one of my other teachers, Patricia Kaminsky, she offered a class of the flower essence society last year and it was all about the relationship between the flowers and the stars and um, one way that that really expanded my understanding of that connection is we're just so cut off we're so cut off from the the consciousness of um, the star realm I mean we can't really even see the stars anymore and if you think about the ancient world, uh, they were very, it's connected in all of the ancient mythology and the sky was lit up at night and all you could see, you know, there was so much connection to the sun and the moon and the, and the stars. Um, and they had this, the stars were understood as, or they could have been understood as a particular resonance and, um, so the mythology and the constellations that uh, were created around that resonance became these stories that have huge significance in um, ancient civilizations, uh, stories of creation and reality. And they have all of these corollaries to the plants down here on Earth and at one time, this connection was very sacrosanct, but I think now 
um, humans are in a time of great disconnection and, um, you know, we spend a lot of our time staring at screens, not staring at the stars. So the idea that that has some connection to, to plants and then that means anything, it does. It sounds very outlandish um, when you're looking at things from a very mechanistic 3D masculine level. But these are not things that we understand um, on that level. This is This is also a very, like, we're in the feminine domain here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's one point that I just don't feel it's been brought out as clearly as I would love to hear you speak on it. And I really want to make sure I understand your view on this, which is in the book, you mm-hmm. quote Guru Das, someone who's written on flower essences, defining flower essences. And you say, that according to Guru Das, these are tinctures of liquid consciousness and stored within them is an evolutionary force. And it's this evolutionary force that I want to understand more about how flowers and flower essences are potentially contributing, could contribute to our evolution at a time where we could really use some help, in my opinion. Mhm. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure uh what I mean, I'm going to attempt to explain what I think Gurudas meant by that statement, which is that flowers and this is the same when we're working with gems or, or stones as well, they hold a particular consciousness throughout history. So we're not just tapping into the present moment, but we're tapping into their whole evolution. And we are also tapping into the part of the plant that evolved later in uh, the Earth's history, the inflorescence. It's the part of the plant that came about after the Earth was just brown and green and gray. So this this is part of the signature. This is part of how we understand what its healing capabilities are and that it came later on has this healing significance for us. And so it is the most um, recent and it is the most vibrant and multidimensional part of the plant uh, that we are working with. So that's kind of how I mm-hmm. understand yeah. the the evolution of the connection. Yeah, that's very clear. I have a personal question I want to ask you that I also imagine other people may have. What do you think about cut flowers? Sure. Either buying them yourself or giving them to other people as gifts, sending flowers. What What do you think about that? What do you think the flowers think about that? Yeah, um, I do think about what the flowers think about that. Um, so, and, and this is all outlined in the book, um, but the way that we make flower medicine is, is ideally with wildcrafted flowers. So, uh, if you have access to working with wildflowers, that is optimal. You can also grow your own flowers. Um, it's best if they're organic and you're, you know, you're working with organic soil and fresh water. Um, it's not appropriate to make flower essences with cut flowers. And the reason for this is that 
we again, we really want to tap into the living essence of a plant. And this is what this is another way that flower essences are differentiated um, from other herbal medicine because you are taking a living flower at the height of its bloom and placing it into water, which is another living substance. And then you are uh, creating medicine from that, those, those vitalized, um, they're, they're both vital in their own way. And if you're taking a, you know, a cut rose, for instance, that flower doesn't have the same living essence as it would if it were living on a field on its own, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even outside, though, of making flower essences, if I were to send you after this conversation a bouquet of <laughs> beautiful flowers, how would you feel about that? Would you rather I sent you a plant or, a, yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, I do, I, I do. I guess, sometimes feel kind of funny about cut flowers. However, I do think that there are lots of um farms that are doing beautiful work and it does support a lot of people, um, that whole industry. So, um, depending on where they're coming from, I would be thrilled to receive flowers, but yeah, I I appreciate that question because, um, I do think that we really need to rethink our relationship to all plants, um, and what we are taking versus what we are able to give back. You recommend that before somebody cuts a flower to turn it into a flower essence, or I guess for any reason, really, to bring it into one's house, that you ask the plant, you know, can I can I cut this flower now? Have you ever had a plant respond to you and say, heck no, don't not no, 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 don't you go there? Or do they always say, yeah, sure, <laughs> go on? Yeah, you know, they they normally do say yes, but there have been times that was like, nope, not a good time, come back later. And I'm like, okay, got it. 10-4, thank you. And just finally, Heidi, you speak and write a lot about intention and the power of intention. The Bloom Book, A Flower Essence Guide to Cosmic Balance, is now being published. What's your intention? For this book? Mm. I think if I could distill it down into one thing right now, um, at this time, I'm, I'm really hoping that this book is part of a greater healing journey for uh, anyone that picks it up. Um, and also really holding an intention to be part of uh, positive change in the, in the world, especially around the social and healing justice movements and um, supporting people of color and black women, especially to be coming into power into these movements. And, uh, and I pray that this, book can can support that in a big way. I've been speaking with Heidi Smith. She's the author of the new book, The Bloom Book, A Flower Essence Guide to Cosmic Balance. And as you can tell from this conversation, I got quite uh, turned on and excited 
by the Bloom Book and our relationship with flowers and flower essences. And I learned that they hold the resonance of the stars. Check it out, the Bloom Book. Thank you for listening to Insights at the Edge. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at soundstrue.com forward slash podcast. And if you're interested, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And also, if you feel inspired, head to iTunes and leave Insights at the Edge a review. I love getting your feedback, being in connection with you, and learning how we can continue to evolve and improve our program. Working together, I believe, we can create a kinder and wiser world. Soundstrue.com, waking up the world.